0: Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Kevin Fluger, 15 year vet, currently a lieutenant with the Live Oak Fire Department, president of the Live Oak Professional Firefighters Association, Local 4098, Bears of the Oath instructor. Cadre member with MV Fire Rescue, part of No Quit Rit, First Line Engine Ops, Mercedes Textiles Consultant. If there's one thing you need to know about Kevin in the mission, it's this. He may indeed fail, but he will never quit. With that being present presented, I present to you Mr. Kevin Fluger.
1: Thank you, Danny. I appreciate it, man.
0: Yes, sir. No problem. Thank you. Uh so tell the audience how you got into the fire service.
1: Cool. So I think, you know, all of us come down different paths, so everybody has their own unique stories. And my story is probably no more unique than some people out there for sure, but it is unique to me. So I actually wasn't that guy that, you know, grew up wanting to be in the fire service or anything like that. Just kind of some life, I guess, adversities, you could call them, kind of took me down that route where I kind of just had to change my mindset. Uh, out of high school I was more looking into like communications Uh, I was really into music and stuff so I was looking into getting like a communications degree Uh, but out of high school I ended up having a son a little bit earlier than planned at uh, 19. Uh, Me and his mother ended up splitting about after he was six months years old Uh, We kind of ended up with like a a joint custody type deal and the route I was headed down with communications You kind of have to take some internships and travel and stuff and uh, you're you're not able to just kind of hop around. And and I wanted to make sure that, you know, with the the situation, my son, that, uh, you know, that I I would round to make things work with that. And then also thrown into the mix uh, right out of high school, uh, just a month or two after graduation, uh, I got into some pretty uh, big trouble. Uh, I got some things put on my record that automatically just kind of changed the direction of my career where, you know, even to this day, I can't even probably get into some of these real strict uh, big city departments that uh, have these real in-depth background checks and everything else. So uh, those two things were kind of thrown on me immediately. Uh, and, and then the degree too that I was looking at with communications, it was going to take quite a bit to get that. And I was at the point I needed a job kind of right now to start taking care of my son. So uh, there was another guy out of high school who went straight into EMT school and fire academy and he got a job, you know, within a year. And that's just kind of how it operates down here in Texas. So I kind of looked at that and I saw what he was doing and I just had the mindset, man, if he can do that, I can do that. You know, I looked at just the typical salaries of what the fire service offers in my area down here in Texas and. That's something I I put my eyes on. I thought that was still something respectful to do, something I could take pride in. And I knew it was something quick, legit, that I could start uh, taking care of my son. So I I went down that route, uh, took the EMT first, got that done, Uh, went to the fire academy, got that done. Uh, I actually had an instructor uh, in my class named uh, Captain Jeff Vaughn, who was in there who is a captain at a local uh, fire department. And he he came and talked to me at one point and he says, man, we're going to be hiring at, you know, his department. He goes, I I can't guarantee anything, but I'd love to have you on my shift. So I was pretty open with him right there. I said, man, cap, I might be doing all this crap for nothing. To be honest, I got a hit on my record and it's some pretty in-depth stuff. And I said, I don't know, you know, even if I'm going to be able to get certified by the state and everything else, I'm kind of just, you know, out on the limb on doing this stuff. And so we kind of discussed the situation there. And he pretty much, you know, said, hey, everybody deserves second chances. That's something we'll address. I've seen who you are as a worker. I've seen who you are now th- as a father. And uh we we would still love, love to have you. So that's uh what got me on path into that. Um I did have to do quite a bit of extra work to get certified through EMS and the fire side of it with delays and writing essays and Mm -hmm. the the situations of everything went down but I eventually got certified in the state I was given an opportunity and uh that that that, that's what got me into the fire service there
0: that's awesome no that's great I mean you don't hear really a a lot of stories like that and like that captain told you everybody does a serve second chances everybody's quit to just throw the book all right it's over finished and Unfortunately, that's not how it should be. So kudos to that um, for you, Captain, for doing that, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. and on the flip side of that, I'm at Live Oak, I'm pretty in-depth with our hiring board. And uh, so I'm able to look at these guys. I get turned loose pretty good to interview these guys, look into them, talk to them as as much as I want. And uh, I don't mind seeing a little bit of hit on their background or a little bit of adversity in anybody's life. What I find to be true is, you know, when you give somebody that opportunity, the right guy who learned from the lesson, they're they're willing to work harder for you than the guy that hasn't had any bumps in the road. And that's not true with everybody. You know, people are repeat offenders and, and everything else out there. Some people just continue to make mistakes. But there are the people who appreciate an opportunity and, and will work harder for you because you gave them that opportunity.
0: No, absolutely. Definitely well said there. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about Live Oak, the size, uh, for for those that don't know?
1: So, we're a one-station department. We're in the suburbs of San Antonio. We're about 5.5 square miles. We are pretty fully developed. Uh, We do kind of meet up with San Antonio's district, and then we have a bunch of kind of one-station departments or two-station departments in our area where we all auto-aid, mutual aid with each other. The closest departments are still just a few miles away, so it's not technically our next truck or engine coming, but... We do have somebody pretty close coming behind us uh, when we do need to use uh, auto aid through whatever we've got going on, car wrecks or or fires like that. I think we ran out of that station a little bit over 2,500 calls this last year, and we're on the incline. We are still developing some commercial in the area, a few hotels coming in. They're squeezing in some residential, so... Uh, We have increased in calls like quite a bit now for three or four years. So it'll be interesting where we end up at on our call volume. But I expect it to go up a few hundred this next year and continue like that for the next few years uh, as well.
0: Okay. Uh, What would you say the culture is like within your department regarding pride, training, calls and camaraderie?
1: The culture, and I I say this all the time to people, the culture that I'm in right now with Live Oak is the the best I've ever been a part of. And uh, it reflects in in the topics you mentioned with the pride, training and and cause and camaraderie. Uh, And I think it goes back to our our hiring board, uh, what we're willing to do to make sure we're getting the right guys. Being just a one station department, we don't have these ways of where we have to hire 10, 15, 30, 40 You know 50 guys we're able to be pretty strict with who we bring in and uh, our chief allows us to if we have to have the mindset if we're not 100% comfortable but that this is live book material we can move on or you know we make sure they don't get off probation so by being real strict with our hiring and getting in the guys we want it's just opened up so many opportunities with our department Uh, The the pride right now is just insane and it it goes into I think it's just the type of individuals we're hiring me specifically I look for guys that are high character high moral individuals meaning they're not just good guys but they're willing to go out of their way for you Uh, they're selfless individuals so usually when you have a guy like that they're going to be willing to do what's right in a situation and when you ask yourself what's right in many situations that means yes I'm going to work out yes I'm going to train yes I'm going to do the extra effort so there is a lot of, of pride in it and it, it does play over to the work given to our community. These guys truly are just waiting for the next fire. They're waiting for a rescue to happen. They're they're so highly trained in my department. Uh they just it just and it's just who they are. There's no fakeness to it. It's just what's ingrained uh, into their minds. On on the training specifically, uh I I would guess that on average per firefighter, we have the highest average of training hours per guy or for sure top three in in our area of of departments. Uh, Again, these guys just come in, they're willing to train, they're hungry. We have had some turnover the past few years and it it has ended up being pretty good for us where with bringing in these new guys uh, outside training and in-house training, it's just, it's just what we do. Uh, By getting outside of your bubble, as, as you know, I'm sure you know, you realize, hey, I still got stuff to learn. I, I do not know it all. And uh, our department supports us with our training budget, where not everything's out of pocket to send us out of state or send us to trainings in the area where we got enough guys just bringing this stuff back. And they realize they want to produce a high product when they're out there working for the citizens. And so their training hours just reflect it. They don't They don't mind it at all. On the call specifically, that's that's, that's how the majority of our department treats it. They, they, they treat it as if it's their family there on the calls. Uh, that's something I try to run through my head each time the tones drop to kind of keep a high standard. Hey, treat this as your family. I've, actually, I've been, actually been able to engage that into my mind here recently. Hey, this is your family member. And it doesn't matter if you're tired, what you got going on. It doesn't matter if your knee is aching or whatever. You speed up a little bit and you, you engage. And I feel like that across the board of Live Oak, uh, our our guys overall as a whole are getting that. And, and don't get me wrong. We have our small percentage of guys who, mm-hmm. you know, they're not on the same level as everybody. And that's understandable. That's just the nature of it. We can go any job across the country and <laughs> nobody's knocking it out with, with a hundred percent. So I don't want to make it seem like that, but, In general, the momentum is so strong. Some of these guys kind of lacking a little bit behind. You see them now kind of jumping on board with it because that's just the majority of there's guys engaged to it. So you kind of have no choice. You know, you can either jump on the bandwagon or you're going to be the odd one out at at this point. Uh, On camaraderie specifically, man, uh, because, again, these good guys of who we've hired, it's the least amount of kind of shift wars I've seen between any 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 shifts in a department. Uh, they're all just good guys coming in. We realize that we are Live Oak in general. It's not Live Oak A shift, B shift, or C shift. So we just all get along. We do go to trainings together often uh, amongst different guys from different shifts, and that help, that's beneficial as well. So, uh, but all of that, I truly feel, just goes back to just high character, high moral individuals, and it's being the strictness of of our hiring board.
0: Man, Precian, uh, so many, so many topics you just hit nails on the head man. <laughs> with that. I mean, I'm serious because, yes, there are, there are an abundance of fire departments within the nation, but it always, it never fails where you hear A shift does something different than B shift than C shift or if you have a D shift and you stated, granted, yes, you're, you're one station, but still one fire department trying to do the same mission. Uh, the fact that your chief allows a specific amount of money in the budget, a lot of departments don't have that. Shockingly, I did my own research. A lot of departments, the smallest amount of money that goes into the budget is for training, which, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's ass backwards. Like, yeah. that shouldn't happen, but <laughs> it does. Um, so Kudos to you. Kudos to Live Oak. And I, I swear, I don't know what it is down in Texas between Chris Snow, Howard Reinwalk, Kyle Ramagas, Manny Barajas. Texas has got it going on. I've said that before on a couple of other episodes, but you guys and gals are dialed in down there. It's, it's amazing.
1: It is. And uh, obviously social media and these micro conferences and stuff have helped the spread of all of this. Uh, Chief Ryan Walt's done a good job. He started a conference third coast tactics a while back to kind of hit his area. We got one going on in North Texas called gone to Texas. Port Arthur is about to start one up called for them. We our association is what hosts the, the Dagum Texas fire conference uh, down in the San Antonio area. So that has helped conferences kind of being willing to be small and get out there. So since somebody did it, I think it's kind of just paved the way mm-hmm. to say, you know what, if, if, if they've, if they're doing that, we can do that too. Texas is so big. Uh, even though we're doing, you got multiple conferences going on. There's really nothing in our San Antonio area. And that was the whole pur- uh, purpose of that gum was just to bring this tip of the spear training right here to our area. It is truly meant for everybody in the Bear County area, whoever's willing to travel. It's nice when we have guys coming in from out of state, uh, from all across the country, and it's nothing against them, but it's not necessarily meant for them Right, it's meant specifically for, for our area. And uh, but I think it's just those guys that have paved the way for us. And social media has been big to share the knowledge. Uh, It's kind of raised everybody's standards across the board to see what they're doing. Uh Our conference specifically is, was a big success because back to the guys we've hired in Livebook, we had a committee of seven guys that ran that thing. And... Uh, I have really high standards. I'm really picky on stuff. And I had seven guys that there's not one small nitpicky thing I can pull from them from the week of our conference that it was like, man, this guy's just in it just to be here or anything like that. Those guys just laid it all out on the line to, to make that happen. And uh, I know Chris Snow. I know Romagas and those guys. I know the guys up from Gone to Texas putting that on. And you just have a bunch of good individuals everywhere. I, I, you get to know these guys and you realize they're they're good human beings, high character, high moral guys. And it just comes down to what's doing, what's right. Can I, can I host this? Can I spread this word? And a lot of those guys can say, yes, you know what? I can do that. And it gets done.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely correct. And another point you hit was getting outside your bubble, getting outside your comfort zone. And I, if any firefighters listening out here – That's if your department does training in-house training, that's great. But take the time, find a micro conference because there's plenty out there because you learn so much. You see a different aspect of it and you're like, I never thought of it that way. And then you could bring it back to your department and not initially go, hey, this is what we need to do is here's just another idea of how we can do this. And, and, And it goes from there. So definitely speaks, speaks wonders for sure.
1: For sure. And a good approach on that is just, it's a way, not the way to bring it back. It's all about your word stuff to bring it back. Say, Hey, I learned learned a little twist to what we're doing or something we can add on to what we're on top of what we're already doing. And then sometimes you can get some guys to open up that way and listen. And then if they're intrigued enough, uh, they might be willing to maybe go with you to the next one. I'm dealing with that right now at my department. I got a guy that's close, close to me on, on, at my department. And and uh, he's got quite a few years in and, and he is getting intrigued. I can tell it by the questions he's asking and what he's wanting me to show him. And it is not normal for him because for many years, it kind of wasn't the culture of live oak, but now it is. But you can just tell how just naturally there's that little bit of influence. And again, he's a good individual. So he's wanting to learn and he's wanting to pick up on that stuff. It's all about approach on that stuff. Right. And And back to the training budget, it is hard. It is hard if you don't have the support of a training budget to do stuff, and guys just have to look at it as it's an investment in themselves. And obviously, if you have a family and kids, well, you can't you can't blow your whole budget on right. outside training and doing that stuff. But if there's something locally and you can save up 150 bucks to go do something, well, then then still, you know, do, again, do what's right, do what you can, and what fits what fits you know y- your makeup of of your life.
0: No, absolutely, you're absolutely correct. Go outside if if it's. I mean, I I can attest to this. Uh, I attended my first outside conference, um, outside of my department last year, and it was all because of my wife. Because I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't want to pay for it. And she's like, just do it. And and I pay for it, and I tell her to this day, it's the best thing she had me do because I've met. So many people, so many positive, like-minded, engaged individuals where when you think you're alone out there in your department, like I'm the only one that cares, that's not the case. There are plenty of other people out there and all you're doing is better in yourself. You're trying to bring it back to your department, but at least, you know, you got some, as I call tools in the toolbox and you're, you're, you're doing the best you can to help the community that you're serving. So, I mean, I, I can't attest to that. Please travel outside your bubble and, and, and attend these trainings.
1: Yeah, that's why why with our conference we hosted, we tried to make it very family-oriented to get the spouses in there. We tried to have some lectures and some events for them. And the whole reason for that is because when we're able to bring those spouses in, they start to realize some of the importance and the tradition. They start to get a little bit more comfortable with why we love the job so much. You know, there's this balance that's talked about out there of not doing too much away from home and stuff, but what's important is, is that balance can kind of teeter in the direction of quite a bit of training. I think when you have support from that spouse, as soon as they realize, just like we realize that there's a life safety aspect involved, like, yes, I might be gone for these two days, but this training that I know is very legit, it might help me be around forever, where if I'm ever hit hit with this on a call, if I'm hit with this adversity. So I think once you can get your spouse on board with that, and obviously ourselves on board with that, you know, it kind of helps kind of have a more of a clear mind in the direction of how much we should or shouldn't be doing. But you got to have that support from home first. And so any way to get the the spouse or significant other engaged on that is very important to have that support. So that's cool to hear that for yourself, because I know what it's like to have support from my wife right now. And uh, it's just heartwarming every time I hear another fireman having support from his significant other.
0: Yes, no, like I, I mean, like I said, I'll test this to the day I die. She's the reason why I went, and it was the greatest, the greatest decision that I, that I've made. So, um, nice. yes, yes. Um, when did the transition begin for you to say, you know what, like I'm, I, I'm done, I'm done being not, not complacent, but you just want to better yourself. We are here for them. Like when did that breaker trip in your mind for you to go, you know what? I'm I'm not going to be these guys that are sitting on the couch. I'm not going to be these guys just making fun of the guy out there that's training by himself.
1: You know, my, my backstory of getting into the fire service out, that, that was my drive initially. Like I had to prove myself. I, right. I had fortunate, I fortunately had a senior firefighter that I knew and I took it, anything he said, just in stone. Like he said, this is how it needs to be done. I'm going to get it done. He was even told me like, hey, the standards of your officers, you think you're doing good for them? The standard is more than that. And they're not communicating with you. It's a higher standard than that. No problem. I took it. I ran with it. And that's what kind of just got me, fortunately, a good foundation starting off. Uh, And and that was my drive just to be able to support my son and and be thankful to take care of the advantage of the opportunity that I was given. Uh, Continuing to go to outside training and hearing guys like Mo Davis speak about, hey, the citizen set the standard, you know, you know, and then you so my mind wanders with that. Okay, what 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 specifically does that mean? So when you think about, hey, you know, if I'm at my house and the fire department is showing up and my wife is trapped inside, What is the standard? What am I wanting right then and there? Mm -hmm. So that's a conversation me and my shift have had many times like that apartment complex right there. Think about the standard they have. If they're forced out of that house, if they're coughing up smoke, if they've gotten burnt and they've been forced out of that house and their family members in there and the things 90 percent involved. That's the expectation and that's the standard that's set. So that goes a long way for me these days to, to think like that the next biggest drive for me is just the whole life safety aspect all around is is my drive. I don't want something to happen to me and, uh, and I could have been better trained or in better shape and say, I get paralyzed or something like that. And then I put that on my wife. It's going to be a lot to put on her and it's going to be a lot to put on me. If I can, if I'm going to be sitting there in that wheelchair, be thinking, man, I could have been doing more. I could have been highly, highly trained and more fit or, Say a situation happens where my coworkers end up in a pinch and I can't do something because I didn't have the training or the fitness. I, I truly these days, you know, we're, we're pretty family oriented at work. We have uh, my coworkers, the kids come up to stuff at times. And I've mentioned this before, and it's it's eerie. But I, I think about the fact man, that, man, if something ever happened to their dad, you know, worst case scenario, he passed away on a call and I'm involved with that. I'm going to have to see that kid in the front row at, his, at, at the funeral when we're lowering him down into the ground. And on my mind, is either going to be I knew I was doing everything I could or I wasn't, and now I have to live with that. And just that life safety, just safety in general, in general of our physical selves and the coworkers around us, that's what keeps my drive going and just the standards of what the citizens expect. And none of that goes away. So if, you know, you sway away from that a little bit, Sometimes at outside conference and hearing that lecture by guys like Mo or mm-hmm. other guys, that for sure gets you back on track. You know, that same information is all across podcasts, like what you're doing right now and other podcasts you're doing. You can listen to those same great instructors on podcasts across the nation and you can hear that information. And it goes back to if you are a high character, high moral guy, you're going to realize what the right thing to do is. And it's going to give you that drive to want to be great.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, cause this, yeah, pretty much a podcast is what is what triggered my mind. You know, I'm going to do this. Uh, I was at a point where I was struggling. Like I, I didn't want to be where I was at. I was tired of being around, you know, unmotivated firefighters. And I listened to a couple and I got the message and I was like, okay. And then I just focused on doing my thing. So yes, I, I totally, totally understand that for sure. Um, What are your ultimate goals? I truly,
1: I truly don't have any ultimate goals in general. Uh, Grinding on day in and day out and just kind of being organized. I'm, I'm known for kind of keeping a to-do list in my phone of stuff to do at home and work for these teams I work with Uh, just staying organized and working hard and trying to just get stuff accomplished on a daily basis. That's opened up all these doors of opportunity for me. I didn't want to. I didn't have dreams of being a consultant with Mercedes Textile, which has opened up an insane amount of doors for me. Right. I never thought about being an instructor for anything. I'm not completely comfortable talking in front of people, and you know, I feel I look weird and make weird gestures and stuff. <laughs> like that's not something I just wanted to throw myself in the mix. I want to be in communication. I want to be on radio for a reason. You know, right, <laughs> I didn't want to right, visually in front of people. Uh, but other people have seen stuff and believed in me to give me those opportunities. And it's all just backtracked from hard work, just creating a reputation of being a hard worker. Uh, with hard work, you get skilled, you get educated, and just naturally opportunities open up for you. I'm, I'm extremely happy where I'm at as a lieutenant with Live um, I've had my share of injuries. I've blown my shoulder. I've blown my knee out. I've been on light duty Monday through Friday to five. I have no desire to be like that. I have no desire to be an assistant chief or chief. I'd love to be a captain that's still riding a buggy that's still fit for my age, uh, still being able to get down and do the job at 55 and 60 years old. I would love to be a captain and still running a shift. But besides that, these cadres and all of that, that's all icing on the cake. To be honest, that stuff can be gone uh, in the blink of an eye. Uh, Mm -hmm. My my goal, specifically, is to keep a great relationship with my wife and to just keep grinding at work and putting out a great product to our citizens. And uh, whatever opportunities come along the way, they come along the way.
0: Well said, for sure, for sure on that one. Um, I think I skipped a question, actually. But um, I was going to ask you, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job?
1: It just goes back to the life safety aspect of it. Uh, If if I'm not, if I don't have that drive, if I'm not pushing, I'm not, I'm not doing, I'm not doing what's right. Uh, We've hired some great guys on my shift and uh, they look up to me. If if I start slacking, uh, if I start slowing down and and I've gotten them to the speed I've gotten them to, Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not fair to them. They've jumped on board with my mindset and what we're doing. And uh, my guys keep me driven too. Uh the I'm on the best shift I've ever been a part of right now. Not just the best department. I got some hungry, hungry, hungry guys. As soon as I feel a slip and, you know, we're all human, it happens. Yeah, I, I, I'm i thinking, man, these guys are so top notch. They they see it. You know, they they're uh, they're they're wondering what's wrong with me or something, probably. So uh, it helps being surrounded by the right individuals. I have a lot of mentors around me as well that on these cadres uh, that I work with, I I have guys that I've told completely straight up. If you ever see me slacking or slowing down, you, you have a one-on-one with me. If you ever see me acting on a line in a B or C ways, you you need to reach out to me and let me know. So uh, by putting ourselves out there, you know, obviously you get a target on your back and mm-hmm. uh, you have to really make sure you're doing your best to act appropriately and not give anybody any reasons to bring you down. And if you start to slack and stuff, you know, that's that's one of ma- many reasons that people are looking for. So it's, it's just multiple things. It's the people I'm surrounded with. It's the life safety aspect. It's the citizens desire of what, what's needed. Uh, those things will always be there. So the drive should always be there. The, the day it's not, then, then that's the time to start looking to work elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Well said for sure. Um, the way you talk, it's the, the another thing I feel like you left out is you have humility, you know, it's humility that you don't know everything, everybody messes up and it's okay that your guys see that, but you also have it where if, if you do mess up, you expect those guys, your friends, to tell you, hey, I mean, that's what true friends do. They tell you, hey, you're, you're kind of messing up, man. You know, you might need to straighten up. That's a friend. A friend's not going to be someone that just keeps saying yes, 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 and even though you're doing wrong, know you're doing wrong, not say anything. Um, but the, 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 the mindset that you have, I, I can't understand how most firefighters don't have that. We are here for them. Them, meaning the citizens, the people that pass in front of you every day. And it's not like the fire department specifically called you to go, hey, man, you know, we want you to be a fireman. No, you willingly signed up for it. So you willingly sign up for what firefighters, what, what, what coin or term, you know, the BS calls. It may not be an emergency for us, but it is to them. And you just need to reciprocate that and everything you do. But when those tones drop and the, the dispatcher goes over the air and advises working possible subjects trap, that's not the time to go. All right, let's see if I can do this. It's yep. you need to prepare before that happens. And a lot of firefighters do not have that mindset. It's yeah, I'm good. I'm. Good. I don't need to go stretch hose, sit on this. It's hot outside. Like get out there. An hour of your day in your shift. It's all it takes.
1: Yeah, w- without a doubt. and I, I do think we are headed as a, a American fire service in, in the right direction. Uh, social media might make it seem like it's headed in that direction more than it really is, because when you do get out there, there are a lot of departments not looking at any of these training pages or watching any of these podcasts and stuff out there. I do, in my heart, feel it is headed in the right direction. All it takes, though, is that one guy. Uh, I got a guy here recently. We hired with us. Uh, he didn't know about any of these podcasts or anything like that. He was ignorant. And mm-hmm. I don't use ignorant in a negative term. I just use right. it as a term as not, not knowing. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And uh, he's came down to us, and we've just thrown it all on him. Uh, well, he still keeps in touch with his old department. He's informed them of some of this stuff. And they're starting to make that turn in, in the right direction on being more t- trained and, and fit and, and caring more. Uh, So I think with time, it will never go to speed of what we want it to, but I do think it's headed in the right direction. And that's why I think with opportunities, when individuals are given opportunities to teach and spread the word or to be on a podcast like this, it's almost your duty to do that because you're just making that attitude and that mindset more convenient to others to just help this kind of push, keep going in the right direction. I think the light bulbs are turning on across the nation daily because of podcasts and conferences and training. And we just have to keep that push going.
0: Um, in your opinion, what key elements or factors are needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank?
1: Uh, it goes back to the high character, high morals for sure. Cause you're just going to do what's right. I was under an officer for a good amount of time uh, that nobody would want to be under and uh i still was able to accomplish some things under that individual uh still able to influence at least the people beneath me when i was new that was the officer and there was guys above me that still had those high standards so as long as you act appropriately you're doing what's right you're having pride in your job and you're doing all the right things i guarantee you there's somebody next to you or close by that does want to do the same thing but because of the majority may not be in the right mindset you know you're you're singled out in a sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you have the mindset of what the expectation is of the citizens and hey i have a family at home i have kids at home whatever no y'all y'all might be all on the same page on this but this isn't the right thing and if you can go about it in terms of still being respectful and professional and just leading with actions somebody's going to follow you somebody's going to follow you and that's exactly what we did uh, there was a point where I still, I was at a department. I still felt we had the, the best shift, but not the best officers in general, mm-hmm. uh, but we we were still able to get down on calls and do what we we're supposed to do. Uh, there was no influence of working out or training or anything like that, but because these guys were into the job or just started with one or two, it, it just rubs off on each other and and you're able to spread it that way. So if you got nobody around you, You're the guy that needs to start acting that way. If you know what's right and you're not doing it, you're wrong at that point. It's wrong. If deep down inside you feel you're not doing what's right, you're not acting appropriately and you're creating that culture within yourself as well, and you're just going to fall down that that, that same path. I know a guy who was completely out of shape, untrained, unskilled, probably 300 plus pounds. He was involved in a call and then multiple casualties happened in a fire. And he was living that life. It flipped the switch for him to now he's just an insanely trained guy, physically fit and everything else. So you can either choose to be on the path where sooner or later you're going to be thrown in that situation and your eyes are going to be opened up. And now you have to live with that just like he has to live with it. Or you can be proactive up front and be more prepared when that job comes.
0: Definitely, definitely. And the mindset of, oh, did you hear about whatever situation at this fire department? Oh, man, that's terrible. That'll never happen here. That mindset needs to go. It's not a matter of if, it's just going to be a matter of when, because it's,
1: it's going to happen. It's coming. It's coming. Yep. It's
0: coming. So It's coming. Uh, so uh, being a lieutenant um, or a line officer, I do have uh, two questions. First is, do you believe communication amongst the ranks is a must for a department to be successful?
1: I don't think it's necessarily a must, but it will for sure help things uh, to be more successful. If you have if you have three captains running a shift and they're all doing their job, well, naturally things will will be good. But if you can get those three captains then to sit down with each other and find happy mediums and be on the same page, well, then you are going to move in a better direction as a whole. And there will kind of be less, you know, things for the the firefighters to mm-hmm. gossip about or wonder mm-hmm. why are they doing it that way when we're doing it this way, you know, it'll clean a bunch of that stuff up. So it could be the difference between being good or great. That that's for sure. Uh, communication, as we know, that's, that's key in every, everything we do. And, You know, all it takes is one bad apple, though, say of those one of three officers that's just going to go against stuff just because. But again, if you have three high character, high moral individuals, naturally, they're going to find a way. They're going to be empathetic, realize each other's point of views, and they're going to find a happy medium on something. And you will be able to get to higher levels that way because you just naturally you have more people on board with whatever you're trying to accomplish.
0: Okay um and the last one do you believe in order to effect change within your department you need to promote
1: no not, not at all I, I do see how it can be beneficial that is why i mentioned i wouldn't mind someday mm-hmm. being being a captain because i will be able to direct the ship more in a sense the more specific how i want to not that i i'm not able to do that a lot now but i'll be able to do, do that more where Say you have two officers that aren't on the same page or a firefighter, an officer, a senior firefighter officer that are on the same page. You know, it, it's you get thrown in a pinch if you're the, the, the lower ranking right. guy. Right. But uh, but there's plenty of guys across the nation that are are the the leader on their shift and and the more influence on their shift. That's the situation I was in when I was younger. The firefighters were more influential than the officers. So as a whole, were we were able to make bigger decisions and stuff like that. No, but but no, you. There's plenty of guys that are that are leaders that are, are firefighters, and I would have no issue just being a firefighter. I still get, accomplish what we're trying to do. If if you can get as that firefighter a few guys around you on the same page, then in a sense, majority rules as well, where you can kind of use it as, hey, cap, hey, lieutenant this is what we're wanting to do as a whole of this shift. Can you at least consider this? It can at least give you some momentum in a sense. So it if, if for sure helps because, you know, an officer can give an order. Nope. This is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. A, a, a firefighter isn't going to be able to do that yeah. to uh, uh, <laughs> somebody above him. So right, right. It, it it does help for sure. It, it helps for sure to, to get some, some rank at times.
0: Okay. All right. Um, what would you say to a, to an individual feeling that they are surrounded by either a non-motivated culture or a, um, complacent organization? Well,
1: if you realize that and you feel that way, you know, you, you, you must know what doing the right thing looks like. And you just have to be willing to be that odd ball and, and act in a different way. Uh, if the culture Or department is that far off as well, where you're that deep in a hole, sometimes switching departments can be a benefit as well. Uh I've switched departments in my career. I'm talking to somebody else right now that's looking at switching departments, and it seems to be the right choice. They've kind of uh have done everything they can, and and you know, we only live once at this, Mm -hmm. and they have higher expectations of their department. And uh it seems to be the right option for the individual. So you still, you're still responsible for yourself. It doesn't matter if you're r- surrounded by 100 great guys or zero great guys. Your, your actions are still going to be responsible if you're great or not based off of the actions of what you're doing. So, you know, one day things might get turned around or you might go on a different shift. Say you switch shifts and you've been having low standards, you're going to be known as the guy coming in of this guy isn't doing much anyway and you're not going to be that attractive to have. But if you are somebody with a great work ethic and into working out and training and being serious on calls and taking the fire department serious, there's going to be guys that love to have you. It is it is it is hard when you're not surrounded by it, but there's way worse things that can happen in life than, than being in that situation. So it really just comes down to your mindset. If you know what's the right thing to do is you just got to do what's right. Okay. Get get out, get outside of your department. Mm-hmm. My, one of my best friends isn't in, in, in the fire service. Isn't in my department. We've we've met through training and teaching and everything else. You can go hang out with like minded individuals on your days off and still be positive and find ways of direction to improve things. Uh, that's where a big key thing is getting outside your department to find those individuals. Specifically, if you're in a department that's struggling with culture.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, speaking of getting outside and training, uh, tell us a little about going down to Tijuana and teaching engine work. Man,
1: I'm really glad you asked on this, because I was going to ask you to make time on this. Uh, okay. It, it's hard to say this because my wife wasn't there, but this is my most favorite trip I've ever taken. My uh, okay. favorite trip I've ever done. Uh, going into this, we knew this was going to be special, and I knew this might be the most special thing we've ever done, but... It's, it's, it, it was 10 times more than that. Uh, The firefighters, first off, they came to work. This was a really, really big deal in Mexico. We had guys watching from all over Mexico, Central America, and South America. Uh, I've become now friends with Facebook, with guys all across those countries. Uh, We had guys fly in, you know, four to five hours from farther South Mexico to be there, to be a part of this. So first off, the firefighters took it extremely serious. Uh, Talking to some of the guys, they've had U.S. instructors come down and stuff before, but they've never had a company come down full force like what Mercedes did, ship equipment, uh, shipping instructors and everything else and come in full force what we did. Uh, The Mexican heritage is known for just the hospitality and uh, the hospitality was completely second to none from the day we arrived. Uh, These guys just 100% took care of us with gifts every day, nonstop, places they took us, uh, just truly caring as genuine individuals. It was just unique all around, from the hospitality to the firefighters wanting to show up and do work. Uh, It just made it extremely special. As we all know, Mexico has this kind of stigma of being dangerous and everything Mm -hmm. else, and Mm -hmm. uh, so is downtown of any big city in america right, right uh you go down the wrong alley you're gonna have something happen bad to you there we found out same thing with tijuana you go down the wrong alley you're gonna have something uh happen to you there uh we ended up making it kind of an inconvenience we stayed in san diego and got picked up every day we re- realized after a day that we shouldn't have done that having those guys drive up there and get us we felt completely safe we could have easily stayed in 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 tijuana in a nice hotel or something down there uh But, man, it just ended up being very special, just everybody buying in. Uh, Chief, if I can just say some names of some guys that gave us some respect down there. Uh, The chief chief of the whole Tijuana Department, Chief Rafael Venegas, was there, supported us in all ways uh, possible. Uh, Chief of Operations, Pedro Perfecto. Battalion Chief, Jorge Perfecto. Captain Alejandro Briones. Captain Jose uh, Maduro. Uh, My translators, Carlos Castillo and Felix Abraham and then Robert Alvarez and just all the students, man. These guys just took care of us 100 percent. What we realized after this, I know us as Americans, we realized a fire department in XYZ somewhere in America. It's exactly the same as the, the department we're working on. We busted each other's chops the whole time. They were teasing us about stuff. As soon as we got there, we were giving it back to them. It was it's legitimately a brotherhood without borders, man. It's a fire service without borders. So uh, what I recommend is that anybody, don't ever hesitate to create a friendship with somebody in a different country that's a firefighter. You will realize so many things are, are, are the same. They have the same go-getters in their department, and they have the same guys that don't give a damn in their department. They meet a lot of the same adversities that, that we do. But what is exactly the same is these guys that are into the job, they are there for them. They are there for community. They're there for their citizens. They're willing to lay it on the line, just like we are. And usually with a lot less quality type equipment at the same time, but these were just guys somewhere else. I will never ever forget the opportunity to go down there. Uh, It's just crazy. I talked about, you know, we talked about goals and stuff like that. I never had a goal to do anything like that, but just hard, hard work create has created these opportunities. And that's why, like I said, I'm just going to trust in that equation of, of hard work. Uh, I truly, truly, truly have family down there for life now. I will be back down there to see those guys. I will be back down there to train again. And when they come up to see me, I'm going to have to show them the same hospitality.
0: Awesome. No, I mean, that's that's great. to, to Because that, that's what the fire service is. You know, it, it, it's teaching someone else to be better than you. And what better way to pass the knowledge on than, you know, to go down to Tijuana and provide the equipment and go, hey, like this is a way to, to, to do it easier because not not all places or departments can afford to have certain luxuries that a good majority of professional paid fire, you know, fire departments have.
1: Without a doubt. And and they still get it done with, with what they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're, they're, their mindset though is, is what doesn't change. They still have fire hose, they still have nozzles, they still have engines. Their district is like no other. You can't describe some of their districts of that they have to work with, with a poor water supply. So tactics can for sure be different, but uh, I can't say enough about Mercedes textiles. The They have proven to me, me being a consultant, I don't all I deal with is giving information. I don't get, I don't do sales or nothing like that. Also, all right. I care about is informing the end user and from the bottom to the top of management of Mercedes, they've taken the same mindset. Of let's just support the end user. Obviously, it's a business, so money gets involved, but in general, and they prove themselves going down there to those guys. We are here to just spread the word. We are here to take the same stance as firefighters do. We're here to leave it better than what we found it. And uh it feels great to just be a part of a company of, of kind of the 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 goals and stuff of what they're wanting to do. It's kind of being led by the same thing of just hey, let's support the firefighters with good products and training and let's just make the most of this. Uh, What it appears this did, this Tijuana training was open the door. I didn't expect necessarily to maybe go back, but a lot of opportunities have, have opened up from this and we will be going back down there multiple times multiple multiple times uh who knows we might be training in mexico or south america as much as we're training in america these days
0: oh that's that's awesome i mean that's another potential door that could be open that just expands the networking even more so no hats off hats off to to mv fire rescue for 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 getting that done that's great uh because you see um you know through social media a lot of departments will uh will sell a rig super cheap to a department down, down South, you know, down in, in areas that they might not be able to buy a, a brand new engine. And um, I forgot the name of the, the organization, but with turnout gear, the mm-hmm. used turnout gear, the old turnout gear, Hey, we're, we're at least giving it to somebody who can use it. That's beneficial. So no, that's great.
1: Yeah. They actually have to, the guys that are into the job down there, they'll do fundraisers. They'll do a plate sale just so they can buy a good nozzle or a chainsaw and stuff like that. Uh, Obviously, companies do work with them. They'll give them some equipment at price or donate stuff. You know, companies can write things off and stuff like that. So they Mm -hmm. do have to heavily rely on that. But at the same time, if that's not working, they legitimately will have to do a plate sale or a raffle or a fundraiser. But if there's a will, there's a way. Uh, These guys, you follow some of their social medias, they're doing the exact same trainings of what we're doing. You'll see high-rise operations training that they're doing. And it's the same stuff that's being shown at high-rise training that's in America. They're, They're watching us close. And that's what was so, I think, what brought so much hospitality was because with kind of the stigma of Mexico and stuff, that didn't slow us down. We we were we were down to go. We were ready to go and we were ready to spread the good word. And I think just being the kind of a first time and stuff with that happened, I think that's what brought a lot of hospitality. You wouldn't believe that these guys' districts of what they work in. So like Tijuana has 30-story 30 st- 30 high-rise buildings. Well, you know how in America, contractors and stuff try to get around code and everything mm-hmm. else and mm-hmm. the cheapest bid and stuff. Well, think about the laws and stuff they have down there or that they don't have. They don't have standpipes and sprinkler systems and brand new buildings, thirty-story buildings going up today. Right. There's not a standpipe being put in there, and that and they still have to go to that and prep to you know save lives and fight fire in that in that type of environment. So uh, it almost makes you respect them almost more, mm-hmm. if, uh, kind of understanding what they have to go through and how they're still willing to show up to work and. In a sense, how spoiled I am at Live Oak with all the crap we get and support and training and stuff, uh, it makes you almost respect them even more. You we don't I don't just hold them on the same pedestal. I I, I look up to those
0: guys. No, and I mean yeah, you have to because so much you know, it's it's so easy for us to for a firefighter, so I should say, to complain about oh, I, I, we didn't get the type of gear that we wanted, or we didn't get this feature on a fire truck. Man, you need to really think about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, especially nowadays, I think about it all the time. The price of apparatus now, it's just, and I've said this before, but it's its mind-boggling because you have certain areas, you know, the majority of the fire service is still volunteer. so. Right. And some of these departments are operating with a very small budget with very outdated equipment. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to gripe if your department is giving you the best that they can give you an apparatus, gear, training, equipment, man, like go somewhere with that because there are people out there who would die for what we have here.
1: Again, get outside your bubble, get outside of there, have conversations with the guys, especially when you have it good and you're getting petty and nitpicky about something in your department on your shift, mm-hmm. go somewhere else and guys will tell you what something bad sounds like. Right. Get outside your bubble, look around, follow some of these guys on social media from Mexico or Central America, and you'll be super appreciative very quick of what you got.
0: Absolutely. Um, so this segues perfectly into the last question. In your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on?
1: In general, I think we're super, super healthy as American Fire Service. Uh, we got a lot of educated, high-trained, high school guys leading the way, just kind of that are out there on the network and stuff. What, what, what I think kind of needs to happen is, in general, those guys just need to come together more than ever, supporting each other and rooting each other on Uh I think that'll be big to kind of join forces in a sense of guys, just teaming up and getting each other's back and, and kind of doing this as a bigger group and as a bigger team, instead of kind of. So I see some jockeying for position and stuff at times right? right. where I think then you're kind of getting away from the focus of, of, of what you're doing. Uh, I think that would be big for the fire service. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit how there's a lot of people that are just kind of ignorant out there or they're, to me, I see a lot of people stuck in old, old cultures where uh, they still have this attitude of two-facedness and stabbing each other in the back and, and talking about people. I think if we could limit some of that crap, get rid of some of that and even join forces more on the top with the guys who are really pushing this movement, I really, really think it just speeds up and everything that's going on across this country. Uh, I think just the message meets those the small firehouses across the country gets those crews and gets just more people on board and speeds this up just like we talked about it'll never be one hundred percent perfect but i but I think kind of shutting down the negative stuff and and uh teaming up more with with guys that are really pushing this stuff i I think it'll get things moving even quicker than what it already is
0: no definitely so I mean, you know firemen we're we're, we're so we're so quick to help people we don't even know but when it comes to our own you know we're well, I, I use the word savages man i mean some firemen could be like downright like nasty it's like <laughs> but um yes if we can all come together i mean that would yeah i mean if, just imagine if if all the all the fire departments within within the united states had that same positive mentality of getting work done people first uh, fitness is not, it's not a mandatory, like it, it, this, this needs to be where you need to be at to do this job. I mean, it it would be great, but unfortunately it's not like that, but it's also very refreshing to see the trend that the service is going with all these cadres coming up in conferences. So, um, for sure.
1: It's a great time to be in the fire service. I say that all the time, you know, uh, thinking back 10 years, 12 years, there just wasn't, any of this going on, or if it was going on, I wasn't outside my bubble and I I did not realize it. I'm just fortunate I'm at where I'm at with my age to know I'm I'm still gonna be around for a while, or that's at least the plan, to continue to enjoy this ride and, and be a part of this as a student and as an instructor and as an officer at of my, my department. It's a, for sure to me, the best time to ever be in the fire service is right here, right now, from my point of view.
0: Well said. Um... Mr. Fluger, Kevin, I, I appreciate it, sir. It's this this was this was great. I'm um, uh I'm very appreciative that I asked and you were like, Yeah, sure, absolutely, no big deal. So um thank you. Thank you uh for coming on the show and speaking the gospel on some things that definitely need to be uh heard. And for those that are for those that might be in a situation close to yours where they're like, I got this on my record, you don't know until you try. And as long as you're applying yourself to become a better person, somebody somewhere in some department will see that. And as long as you maintain that, that drive to keep making yourself better, you're definitely going to go places. So thank you, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, Danny. You keep doing good things, man. Glad you've created this platform. Again, you're doing what's right. You're doing the right thing.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.